On today's episode, we'll be talking with Kyle Willis, the founder of Talenton Church Services and host, co-host that is, of the Thriving in Ministry podcast. I'm also your co-host, Dace Clifton, the founder of dailypastor.com and a local pastor. This is a Thriving in Ministry podcast brought to you by Daily Pastor. At Daily Pastor, we know that church leaders want to be better equipped for ministry. You need encouragement to not just survive, but thrive in the place where God has called you. Welcome to the show, Kyle. Are you nervous? I am because I think uh, this one is the reverse of the last one we recorded together, which is where I got to ask you some tough questions, right? Well, it is. And, uh, you know, I've had quite a bit of time to to think about some questions and uh, really to pin you to the wall like a butterfly. But I think I'm going to be kind. And uh, even to calm your nerves, we have a great verse of the day from Proverbs. And so, Kyle, why don't you jump in there and read the verse of the day for us? Absolutely. Uh, Today's verse of the day is Proverbs 3, verses 3 and 4. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so that you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. Dace, why did you pick this verse? I think it really is just a reminder to me to be kind and loving as I'm about to grill you, you know, oh, interrogate you. you with these these questions. Now it's a now it's a great passage of scripture. I just love it. You know, of course, the the scripture that gets all the press is Proverbs three and five, right? But this is the verse you know, that talks about trusting in the Lord with all your heart. But I noticed that man, the verses before that are just so wonderful about talking about steadfast love and faithfulness, how we ought to stay so close to those, how we ought to walk in love and, and faithfulness towards our God. And wow, what a blessing that will be in our lives. And so I just thought it was a beautiful passage of scripture and quite encouraging and a timely reminder for me. Well, before uh, you start grilling me with questions, Dace, I have a question for you. Uh, your sound is a little bit different today, and I know you've been on sabbatic and, and all that. Uh, how, how are you recording today? <laughs> Well, I've got some great internet, but I, I found this great internet in a very unusual place. Uh-huh. You know that I've been on the sabbatical. And we've been on the road traveling a lot, and I am at an RV park. Okay. So you're in the RV right now? No, not exactly. Actually, I couldn't get internet signal at my RV, so I'm actually at a laundromat. Oh, very good. The uh, campgrounds? <laughs> yeah. I'm recording from a laundromat uh, where I can get good internet. That's uh, that's as exciting as it is. Okay. All right. Well, uh, if you hear any uh, laundry equipment going on, uh, just know Dace is uh, cleaning his underwear. So. <laughs> Well, my my wife did say uh, do a load or two while we're down here. But hey, hey, Kyle, you shouldn't hear any laundry equipment because I'm locked in a bathroom, actually. So that's that's the you know, we're completely transparent here on the Daily Pastor Show. And uh, I will tell you, I'm in a bathroom, but I'm not using the bathroom. But uh, nevertheless, it is true here somewhere in the central United States. I'm in a laundromat bathroom at an RV park because they have fantastic internet. Well, I just wanted to beat you to the tough questions today. And uh, this is what happens when we talk a little bit before we start recording. I get just enough information uh, to make you squirm. And so, hey, I I went on the offense today. uh, So now I'm ready. Ask your questions. Uh, Last time we talked about the different roles that that you had in terms of, uh, you know, father, husband, pastor, crappy boyfriend. We also talked about um, the the really great uh, stories, but also uh, your background in in law enforcement and all that before becoming a pastor. So Dace, what do you got for me? I hope they're easy. And actually one other follow-up question. How is the Tillamook ice cream? 
Oh man, Tillamook ice cream is the bomb.com. I don't know where it's been all of my life. Um, I'm not going to compare it to Bluebell because I just, I don't feel that that would be ethical, but I will tell you that wherever I can get my hands on Tillamook ice cream, I'm going to do it. It is awesome. They're not endorsing the Thriving Ministry podcast, but yes, it's true. They are a phenomenal when it comes to ice cream. All right. Well, those uh, sponsorships should be rolling in any time soon. <laughs> Tell them, look, if you're listening, uh, hook us up. No doubt. <laughs> I thought people in the cheese industry were listening to the Thriving Ministry mm-hmm. podcast. I, I was thinking that. But, uh, well, hey, Kyle, I'm going to start with a softball. And uh, I would like to begin with this question. Kyle, I know you're a family man. I know you're married. You've got two children. And uh, so I would like to know what's your favorite family activity or event? Well, um, all right, that's good enough. Uh, and by the way, uh, Dace, we've talked about this, but we haven't publicly talked about it. We do have a third one on the way coming in February. So that's very exciting for uh, the Willis family. Uh, but tonight, I think uh, we play a little family game, whether that's sequence for kids or Yahtzee is what my daughter really wanted to play, uh, but I could not handle the noise. Frankly, you know, it's all luck anyways, and I like to stack the deck in my favor. So, um, yeah, that, uh, we do that pretty regularly, at least probably once a week. Uh, we'll get together, we'll sit on the couch and, and play something real pretty quick, 30, 45 minutes, but uh, I certainly enjoy it. And the competitive side of me comes out every once in a while. <laughs> you love to dominate your your children, your grade school children. I mean, just you, you got to put them in their place. Am I right? Absolutely. And what better way to do it than a game that is certified for ages five and up? Well, one quick commercial, another commercial here on, on my break here, I did discover a, a new board game uh, that is great for families and man, it's a ton of fun to play. It's called Ticket to Ride. Have you ever played this? So we almost, this is a true story, we almost played that last night with my dad, my sister, and brother-in-law. Uh, instead, we went for Settlers of Catan, but I have played Ticket to Ride before, and it almost came out last night, but we didn't have time to read the instructions. So I, I'm telling you, I played this game. It is so much fun, and I'm going to tell you the truth. I think I figured it out. I, I really believe that I'm unbeatable when it comes to Ticket to Ride. And so, Well, text me your strategy so I can win when we play next time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we're going to move in. We're going to dial it up a little bit, Kyle. And so I'm, I'm going to present to you question number two. I would like to know what your most embarrassing moment, it could be an event from grade school, high school, college, when you were dating, your most embarrassing moment uh, or a significantly embarrassing moment. All right. So I got to figure out how to phrase this one. I will say it this way. All right. Uh, in college, I went to Oklahoma Baptist University in Shawnee, Oklahoma. Shout out, Bison, go with Crip. <laughs> but we had, so it was our freshman year, and there was a group of guys that hung out together. We did intramural sports and all that sort of stuff. And so um, I specifically remember it was at the end, it was like finals week of our freshman year. And I had a lot of fun our freshman year, um, probably didn't study as much as I should have. But on this one particular night, they said, we're all going to go play dodgeball. And I don't want to say we broke into this old gym, but <laughs> we, we found a way in. I don't know how, but um, we, we started playing dodgeball. And so there's probably like 15 or 20 guys. And we're just going, we're sweaty. It's probably midnight. Uh, we're throwing back and forth and, and all this other stuff. Well, ah. Uh, I can't tell this. <laughs> it was going so good. You, 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 you can you can sanitize it for us. That's okay. Okay. 
And so <laughs> I'm so nervous right now. Okay. So this guy, uh, this, this, we're, they were talking about girlfriends. I, I don't know what they were talking about, but this one guy in particular said, yeah. And if she says she's on birth control, don't believe her. And I was like, well, what'd you do? You know, did you, you knock some girl off <laughs> and all the heads turned and looked at me. And apparently he had just found out the week before uh, that his girlfriend that was in high school uh, was pregnant and um, everybody apparently knew except for me. And so uh, I immediately turned red on the way back to our dorm room. My roommate was with me and I was like, Kurt, what on this planet are, how do you not tell me that? He's like, well, I didn't want to tell you. I mean, that would have been gossiping. And I'm like, no, no, no. This is under need to know information. <laughs> Obviously, everybody else knew. Yeah. And clearly, I shouldn't have said something. However, this is need to know information. This is not gossip. Hey, Kyle, by the way, don't say this type of junk. So that was that was by far one of my most embarrassing uh, moments. There's so many layers to that story from the point, you know, you, how you got into the gym, which, you know, legally, I'm not exactly clear how that happened. You were all playing. I thought for a moment that it was going to be shirts versus skins. You know, I wasn't for sure where we were going with this. But yeah, wow, that one caught me off guard a little bit. That was uh, that would be embarrassing. That's what you get for asking these questions, Dice. Um, I'm not sure we can even use that uh, on this podcast, but we're gonna we're gonna see. Well, if we go from question one to three, you'll know that. Uh... Yeah, we, we had to edit Kyle's uh, story down. Exactly. Well, I appreciate your transparency, and you know, isn't it amazing the things that we do in, I'll say, high school or college that make complete sense at the time. But now with a decade or two removed, wow, I'm like, what in the world was I thinking? Right. And like clearly about that story, like I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> However, I don't think I was the worst one. I mean, of that whole situation, <laughs> I just I was legitimately asking and apparently that was the wrong time. Yeah. And I, I'm stuck on the breaking and entering thing, you know, I said, no. <laughs> all right, Kyle. Well, very good. We're going to switch gears. And I, I know your background, you worked in corporate America and uh, for a large company and now your, your business is helping churches. And so I want to ask you a question and uh, we haven't talked about this prior, but I just want your honest opinion, which is harder working in corporate America or working to help churches? Well, um, good question. I think the benefit of working in corporate America is there was a common goal and a clear path. Mm. Um, and, and you think that should be said of the church, right? That um, our goal is X, to make disciples, and this is how we're going to do that. Yeah. So we knew. Uh, we had pretty clear boundaries. Our goal was to uh, grow and make money. Um, obviously we had all these peripheral goals that, you know, treating people the right way and sustainability and, and all these other things. But really our, our goal at the end of the day was measured on those two things. Mm -hmm. And so in the church world, and some of it is because I work with churches from different denominations and different geographies and things like that. The goal is a little less clear sometimes, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, if we had that nailed down and we were so laser focused on it, then uh, it would be a lot more clear, I think, the path that needs to go forward. Because, you know, in the corporate world, like every month has an end. Yeah. Every month has, okay, did we grow? Did we make money? In the 
church world, we sit here and and we don't put, hey, we want X number of salvations or uh, how do you measure some of the things that happen in the life of a church? Uh, it can be really difficult. And so um, I would say that uh, when there is clear vision uh, from the pastors or the church leaders, it makes it a lot easier. It makes it a lot easier to find the path moving forward. So uh, that was a lot of talking to say the stresses of the corporate America were real. Um, I frankly don't want to go back to that. Uh, I sacrificed a lot. We moved uh, our family multiple times, had a lot of responsibilities, a lot of um, frustrating conversations. And ultimately, uh, that wasn't what I needed to do. I would say that I feel way more fulfilled, but it is pretty difficult uh, working with churches and trying to get buy-in around different projects or create change. So yeah, I would say for me, um, although the work may be more difficult working with churches, uh, I certainly would choose this any day of the week over uh, what I was doing. Well, that's great. I really love hearing your story and how you've leveraged your experience you know, to help churches and I particularly like how you shared the clarity that, you know, drove your your corporate career, you know, the, the company, right? And that was, you know, to make money and, and to grow. And I, I wonder, this is, we're going a little bit off script here, but I wonder if, wow, could could the church or churches just, to, could they embrace a similar uh, similar vision for clarity, like to make disciples and grow in godliness? And, you know, I know a lot of churches have vision statements, but Sometimes those are just things that are on a wall and nobody really knows what they are. But it seems to me, based on what you're saying, it sure would benefit the churches to have that same type of clarity. Right. Because in my previous job, we all knew. So it didn't matter what role or position you had. We knew what the goal was. I think in the church world, that may not be uh, evidence so that the the pastors may have one goal. And I think it's true and says, hey, this is what we do want to have. But you also have members of your congregation that don't share uh, or that have different priorities than you do. And I would say that there needs to be in the body of Christ, uh, different roles and responsibilities. Here's maybe what I would uh, encourage pastors to think about is the next season. So like the next three months or six months, being able to move in between those different uh, priorities. And so you know, you may be in a what I would call a growth phase for a church, which is new connections. And we want to meet a hundred, we want to make a hundred new connections in the next three months. That's a great goal. I think out of that, the output would be hopefully decisions for Christ, new disciples, things like that. Uh, but that's where I would break it down and say, hey, for the next three months or six months, this is our goal. Uh, and it doesn't mean that we're changing. It is just uh, towards a, a bigger purpose. But being able to break it down and say, this is how we are going to grow. This is how we are going to reach the next generation, whatever it may be. You know, what you're saying reminds me of a conversation we had with Sam Rayner a few months back. And I think he used the term lead in steps or what did he say? He was talking about when you set a goal, you you need to have the lead measures, right? Yeah. He said most of the pastors focus on the, the lagging indicators and not the lead measures. So we focus on the outputs and not necessarily the inputs, meaning uh, if you're going to 
get product X. Think of it as assembly line day. So if you are making a clock, since that's just was the first thing that I looked at. Uh, if you're making a clock, think about all the stuff that you have to do to it. You got to make the backing. You got to make the trim, the wood trim around it. You got to have the little hands, right? That go around the edge and the batteries. In the church world, sometimes we just say, hey, how many clocks do we produce? Rather than saying, no, what we can do is Make sure we have enough inventory on hand of the little parts that we need, right? Uh, how long does it take us to assemble it together from a, a staffing and shipping and all this other stuff? And so what happens is we focus on the end, yeah. the lag measure, the lagging indicator, as opposed to the input and saying, hey, we are going to do these five things really, really well for the next six months. And yeah. the end, that's ultimately up to God, right? Yeah, that's a great point, Kyle. And and what a great takeaway just for anyone that's listening. You know, if you feel kind of stalled out in ministry or you don't know where to turn, you know, you can start tomorrow, take some steps to see a different result. That's really good counsel. Well, Kyle, let me ask you this. You know, I know you work with a lot of churches and pastors. So what is the biggest challenge faced by churches and pastors right now? I think the biggest challenge, so as we're recording this in September of 2020, uh, and it's been beaten to death, but um, I think one of the biggest challenges that pastors are going to face, they're already facing it today, you know, is this like postmodernist world that we're living in um, and that we want to reach the next generation, right? So we want to reach families that are, are under the age of 40 because the stats say those are the people who are identifying as a non, right? Those right. are the people who, who don't identify as Christian and, or, or don't attend a church. And so uh, a lot of the things, at least in the American church, have become so uh, divisive that we focus on what divides us as opposed to what brings us together. And I think uh, from the pulpit, you have a couple different things. You say, no, this is the word of God. These are the promises in scripture. Take it or leave it. There's a quote out there, and I may attribute this wrong, but I I heard it um, from a pastor named Brian Loritz, who is now on staff with uh, J.D. Greer out in North Carolina. And he was quoting someone else, but he said the challenge of postmodern Christianity is to have, you know, the New York Times in one hand and the Bible in the other. Yeah. He said, because if we're only worried about the, the scripture and maybe not how it applies or can't communicate how it translates or why it's important to me today, then uh, I think people will, will tune out, right? Um, and then the other thing is if we only focus on cultural events and leave out the parts of scripture that are applicable there, then I, I think that's a real challenge as well. And so um, I would say there, there are a lot of challenges that pastors and church leaders are facing, but probably if there was an uncertainty, if we surveyed our audience, uh, I would say they probably feel most uneasy about how to balance um, what's going on in the world right now, whether that's COVID, whether that's uh, race and, and the implications of that, whether that is things that are, are way there. I mean, whether the Supreme Court nominees or whatever, uh, I think that is one of the uh, issues that they don't feel like they have a good grasp on. I'll put it that way. Well, I think you're right. I mean, there is so much that is going on right now in our ministry context, regardless of wherever you are, you know, it is dynamic to say the least. And, and I mean, dynamic in the sense of it is changing rapidly and no one knows exactly, you know, where this thing is going, save 
the grace and the promises of God that we know are true, but how it works out in the United States and Western America is, is very unknown at this particular point. So great. Kyle, thank you for that. Well, let me get a little more personal here. Uh, I'll end with the final question. And Kyle, I know you've got some uh, some desires and some goals for your own ministry to churches. And so I want to ask you, where would you like to be in five years? Well, you know, ultimately, it's easy for me to say that um, it doesn't matter, right? Or that God's in control. And, and there are certain times where I've battled internally of the effectiveness of what we do. Um, and in fact, it, over a year ago, uh, I was sitting there and I was like, you know, God, why aren't we growing as many as fast as we can? Why aren't we helping as many churches as we can? And and really, he spoke to me pretty clearly and said, uh, hey, that's because you think it belongs to you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've shared part of my story and, and even a little bit with uh, the last episode that we did with Phil Blunt, where he talked about the crappy Christian life and and we talked about playing with house money. And, uh, you know, part of my story is that uh, there was a time where I thought I was going to lose uh, everything in my life, that I just didn't see a path forward. And so everything after this has just been uh, a blessing and uh, really just an honor to, to serve. Uh, and so when I don't have a plan B, uh, that gives me a lot of focus on what I need to do now. So all that to say, um, really, my most pressing thing is to focus on the next 12 months and those inputs and whatever happens, happens. You know, what What I would like to do, uh, we're working on a project, and I guess we'll talk about it now, but um, is really kind of this, this central office concept for the church. I really believe in whether Talenton figures it out and positions ourselves to be the leader here, we really think that church operations and administration. So that's everything from accounting and finance to the facility, to the media and communications, all these other things, everything that you would say maybe is traditional like support staff. So non-ministry positions, we really feel like they can be more effective for you and your ministry, not only in uh, their output or their deliverable, but uh, also in the cost. Um, and, and so if you said, Kyle, what's success look like for you? I think the goal is to uh, reduce operating expenses of churches by 10 to 15%. Wow. And that's huge because most churches operate less than that to true ministry. And so we think that we can do it. Um, and, and there's, you know, think about it, like uh, how much better is Walmart, for example, because they do some things the same way over and over and over again, right? I mean, imagine Walmart, if they were trying to, let's take a simple task that they tried to check people out every different way. So whatever the the person at store 102 thought was the best way to do it, that's what they did. Wow. Um, that they, they bought their own computer. They set up the line the right way. They trained the person completely different. Uh, what Whatever they thought was best is what they did. Um, frankly, that's how a lot of churches are functioning right now. Yeah. Um, and so we think if we can standardize, and I'm not talking about the ministry, about how you reach and lead the next generation, but just the mundane, the boring stuff to most pastors. Uh, if we can figure that out and how to get that off their plates, produce a better product, uh, reduce their time and and energy on it, that they're going to be more effective and they're going to have more margin for ministry. And so, uh, man, I hope that's my legacy. I hope five years from now um, that is is rolling and that we are working uh, with and for 
you know, hundreds of churches here in North America. Uh, it's certainly possible. Um, we just got to make it happen. So, well, you certainly caught my attention when you said if we could free up 10 to 15 percent of the of the church's budget just by doing things, my words here, more efficiently, uh, that would leverage that could really leverage a lot of money, even in a small church. Right. I mean, you know, a church that's, you know, a rural church that has a budget of one hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Fifteen. That's 15 grand. They could pour in fifteen thousand dollars into their community just by streamlining some things. That'd be phenomenal. Or 200,000, that's 30 grand. You could do a lot of ministry if you had 30 grand freed up. Yeah, and I, I think uh, we're going to figure it out the more that uh, we get together and the more people, like I said, that that provide input. we It's certainly possible, uh, and I'm looking forward to tackling that because ultimately um, my mission <laughs> is to support churches so that they can create those ministries that they've dreamed about. Uh, that they know their community best. And there's some things that uh, certainly shouldn't be the same from every church. However, the way you do accounting or the way that you maintain your facility, whatever it may be, man, those those can be the same. Um, the kind of camera you use on Sunday morning to stream church online. How many pastors in the last six months have worried about their technology. Man, that, that is just a horrible way uh, to spend our, our ministry time. Well, I'll stop right there. And I just want to say to our audience, hey, thanks for tuning in. As always, we hope you've been encouraged by this episode. It's been cool to get to know Kyle Willis a little bit better and his passion for the church through Talent on Church Services. And uh, hey, we'd love for you to help us grow the reach of dailypastor.com and the Thriving in Ministry podcast. We'd be grateful if you could subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. It's also available now on Amazon. Uh, We'd also be honored if you'd share this episode with someone inside your circle of influence. Yeah, and if you have any questions for me, email me. You can email me at kyle at talentonservices.com. That's K-Y-L-E at T-A-L-A-N-T-O-N services, all one word, dot com. All right, thanks again. Have a blessed day. Here's how Daily Pastor supports church leaders. First, register your email to get access to our latest content. Second, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media. Third, get the encouragement and tools you need. This is a Thriving in Ministry podcast brought to you by Daily Pastor.